Welcome to Sitting on a Hill and our Calling the Remnant uh, podcast that we have for each Friday evening. Uh, welcome you into the room with us. I've got Benji, my associate pastor. I've got my wife, Julie, here. I've got my caffeine-free Coke Zero, my Hint Water. <laughs> and so I'm ready to talk about the things that, Lord willing, is going to change our lives and bring us closer to being what it means to be the remnant. Uh if you've been with us the first couple of weeks, you know everything we're doing here is about helping to find, uh, to reach out to those people who are desirous of being the remnant of Almighty God. God always has a remnant. Throughout the Word of God, there's always a remnant. Uh, and it's, it's purposefully not a lot, not a lot. Uh, several scriptures I've been using to help us to understand what the remnant is about. You go and read about Elijah and his 7,000, just a small portion, but it was what God was going to use to bring about the, 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 his will on the earth. And so today, uh, we're going to be talking for a few minutes about why does bad things happen to good people? And we kind of hit on this last week, and I, I think I even said we might do this this next week. We might take a few moments and actually do do a podcast about it. Uh, it is it's one of those things that that when you <clears throat> when you talk to people, when you social media with people, uh, the they might not use those exact words. Why do bad things happen to good people? But everything they do betrays what's in their heart, that they actually think, well, you know, God God allows bad things to happen to good people for a purpose. It fulfills his purposes. Well, let me just start out by saying this, uh, that that is, that is not the character of God. It is not the character of God to uh, allow bad things to happen to good people. If you read the Word of God, that is not how God operates in a general general sense. Uh, and it goes back to, and I'm going to see what you what you all have to say about this. Something that I've been saying actually for years, and you all know, uh, people that are part of the city on the hill know. One of the things that I throw out there all the time to get our attention is that God is not fair. God is just. And I talk about all the time how fairness, the principle of being fair, the principle of, of saying, well, we have to balance it out be, to make it fair, that is a man-made thing. That's not a God thing. Nowhere in the Word of God does, does it teach that God tries to treat his people fairly. It's not... Uh, one of the areas that the enemy has really sold a bill of goods to to God's people is this idea that God doesn't have a law. Uh, that it is it's the idea that that when Jesus came, the there is no law. No, Jesus came and fulfilled the law of Moses, but that was an earthly law. There still is the heavenly laws of God that those laws were based on. And uh, if you read all throughout the Word of God, including 
the New Testament, uh, you see that so much, most of the Bible is written in the format of, of God being a lawgiver, God being uh, doing things according to his just law that is in heaven. The Bible uses a lot of legal terms. Lot, very, yeah. Yes, lots of these. So many Testament, terms witness. are not <laughs> understood in the Word of God, and people just throw up their hands and they say, well, I just don't know what that means, because they don't understand uh, it's about law. Uh, it is a legal term, exactly like you said. And, and because they've just thrown out this idea there is no law anymore, they actually can't understand the Word of God. Most Christians have no chance at understanding the Word of God because they've totally thrown out the idea of God as the lawgiver. Uh, God is not fair. God does not hold two people up and say, okay, let's, let's you know, you get this half of the peanut butter and jelly right, sandwich, right. and you get this half of the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and let's make sure that everything is fair. God doesn't do things fairly. Uh, he, 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 that's not how God operates. That's how man operates to cope. That's how man operates to raise children. That's how man operates to get by in life. That's not how God operates. Um, this is such a big big topic. Um, There's so many examples that I can think of in my mind right now um, that pertain to what we're talking about today. Um, When you hear uh, so many people, their circumstances, the things that they're going through in their family, in their lives day to day, um, the things that that happen to them, and um, you hear all of the advice that's being given uh, and you know, all of the ideas about uh, how to cope with such a, this such and such thing that happened. Maybe someone right. lost a child right. or someone, right. you know, Divorced. this family was, you know, served God all their lives and, and you know, they lost someone. Yeah. Uh, Sickness, and then, all of it, right, all the bad and, things. And there's so much conversation surrounding it that uh, brings to mind... Uh, why did this happen? Um, and people are so quick to form their own theology, a right. theology of convenience uh, about, well, that's God's, that was God's will. Yes. Uh, and I sure would like to hear you talk a little bit about that. Uh, was that really God's will for that family? They, you know, maybe the, the mom and dad were a pastor and his wife, and they've been serving God their whole lives. Of, of course, that terrible thing that happened uh, had to be God's will. Uh, as soon as you start to to give any kind of conversation regarding, you know, th- that well, there, you know, maybe that could have been avoided. You know, nobody wants to hear that the circumstances could have gone down any differently according to how you live your life. Well, uh, that's, that's a tough thing. one. Uh, you know, if, if anybody wants to go listen to our Wednesday night service, one of the things we talked about was Christianity has become a no-responsibility Christianity. Nobody wants responsibility. They want to put the responsibility on God. Well, God, and, and they make it sound holy. Well, God's in charge. God's in charge, so if God wants wants to take my spouse, uh, if God wants to make my child sick or allow it or or whatever it is, God's in charge, and it sounds so holy, uh, but it's really no different 
than the false holiness of the religious leaders in Jesus' time. It's right. no different. Right. It it sounds so good, but it it it. it it really is doing things based on the human idea of, well, uh, God's not a lawgiver. Uh, God just, you know, as long as God balances it out in some way, then then I'll I'll, I'll be happy. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things we talk about an awful lot here is going back to the fairness versus just principle. Is that is well. People say, it's, well, it seems like some people maybe get good, maybe some people get bad. Uh, it seems arbitrary at times. Uh, but the question arises is, if God is not fair, if God is just, if, that's, if that really is true, then, then how does he decide, how does he decide who he takes care of? That, that's the next step, the next big question. And what is the definition of being, being taken, taken care, care of? of? Yes. You know, we use the word being blessed around here a lot. Actually, we use the term BHF, blessed and highly favored. Uh, we even had cards one time made up. I'm a BHF person. Uh, the I, If God is a lawgiver, then that means he has a law. And if he has a law, then that means God has requirements. And if God has requirements, then what are those requirements called in the word of God? Well, there's one word. Uh, it is, or I, I'll use two words. It's his covenant plan. It's God's covenant plan. Those people that stick to the covenant plan are the ones that God, according to his law, is required. Yes, for all of you out there watching for the first time, I use the R word. God is required. Obligated. Obligated. Can we use that word? Even better. He is obligated to take care of his people that are walking according to his, to his covenant plan. That's just, you can hate it. You can dislike it. You can say that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like the God that I know, but it, it, that's God. He is a lawgiver, he has a law, and his law is called his covenant plan. And fleshly men and women have come up with their idea of what God's covenant plan is, and it's ruined lives. But that doesn't change the fact that God has a covenant plan, that if we stick to that covenant plan, then we can be blessed just like Abraham was blessed. Right. We can be blessed just the way Isaac was blessed. We can be blessed just like Jacob was blessed. We can be blessed in that same way. That is why, and again, we're throwing a lot out there right now, um, and I understand that, but that is why the Apostle Paul said this in Galatians. He said, if you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs. That's a legal term. And heirs according to the promise, meaning that everything that God did for Abraham now through Christ Jesus, of course. It's not through the Jewish law. It's only through Christ. He's if you are Christ. But everything God did for Abraham through Christ now is available to you. You say, well, what, what puts me in position to be able to receive that? Well, you got to be saved, first of all. You have to be saved. But being saved doesn't mean that you're getting all the benefits of God's covenant plan. 
That doesn't mean it means that you are now a new creation and now can actually get into the plan. You now can get into the plan of God because you're saved. And if you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed, I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing one day when everybody gets to heaven, there's going to be, I don't know how many Christians are going to go through and stand and say, you mean I could have had all of these things while I was on the earth? And God's going to say, "You absolutely. You missed out on my power. You missed out on my supernatural. You missed out on all these things because you were saved, but you didn't walk in my covenant plan. You think, didn't. About, think about that scripture that says, uh, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have more abundantly. Uh, does that mean you're going to have life abund- more abundantly? You have life in heaven eternally, and then there's just more abundant life in heaven eternally? Well, what He did, meant life here and have Jesus a more say? abundant life here. He on said earth. This, is the, this is the prayer. He said this is the prayer right here. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. earth. On earth. And I say to people all the time, is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there poverty in heaven? No. Is there tormenting spirits in heaven? No. Is there sadness in heaven? No. So that's God's will. And Jesus said you need to pray that his will is done on earth just like it is in heaven. That's what we need to pray. Now, here's, let me just throw this out there uh, as a matter of course. It is amazing to me through the years that when we start ministering on this, uh, that that people fight it. Because for whatever reason, the devil's done such a good job of deceiving God's people that that people, they want to fight the actual blessings of God because they don't want to do it God's way. They don't want to do it God's way. And so what they do is every one of them throws out, out of the entire word of God, they say, well, but what about Paul? What about Paul's suffering? What about Paul? They pick one place where God had a, a special relationship of someone who went into the third heaven and where God said, I'm going to use, I'm going, and again, we don't even understand. He doesn't even come out and say anything. Right. He, right. Just, he just kind of gives some, some, you know, some ethereal talk about what may be going on in his life. So we really don't even know. But let's just take it for, for what people think it is. Uh, people say, well, he, he, God, God allowed this on him, but then they totally disregard the other 99.9999999% of the word of God where God speaks over and over and over again that says, I'm the God that heals you. I heal all, all your diseases. I heal all your diseases. That, that's a big word. I heal all your diseases. He's, and again, you go over all the blessings that are found in the word of yes. God. I want you yes. to be the head yes. and not I the tail. I was reading Deuteronomy I, 28. You know, I, want you, I want you to have the abundant life, as you've already mentioned. Uh, 
uh, uh, you know, Psalms, the 103rd Psalm, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, uh, who forgives all, who heals all, who redeems my life, who crowns me. We forget all the blessings and the promises of God. As God says, if you follow my covenant plan, then I'm going to do this for you. We totally neglect that because of one thing with the Apostle Paul that we really don't even understand what it was. And it's, it, it really sickens me because God's people are being slapped around by the devil. Right. They're right. being torn apart in their families. They're, they're, now they've resigned themselves to thinking, well, you know what? I'll suffer for God if I have to. If I have to be the one to suffer for God, I'll do it. And, and that is so not God's plan. It's just not. It's you, if you read the word of God as a living, living source that it is, you cannot read the word of God and not understand that God wants a people that he can bless, a people he can prosper, a people that he can, can help, a people that he can take care of, and a people he can use as a witness to say, this is what my remnant looks like. This is what I want to do for you. This is who I want to empower to walk on the, on, on the things of darkness and bring uh, the, the enemy down to, to, to his knees. This is who I want to use. We talk, the churches all around the world talk about the spirit of Elijah. Oh, the spirit of Elijah is going to come. Well, the last time I checked, Elijah was the one standing on the mountain calling down fire and killing the false prophets. It wasn't the other way around. <laughs> Elijah was the one that God supernaturally took care of and said, I'm going to give you the, the oil and, and the flour. When no one else has it, you're going to have it. You're going to be blessed. Because, because you're my, my prophet. And so God is looking for people that understand. If you stick to the plan, if you stick to the plan, the plan works. But you got to stick to God's lawful plan. Again, we're having a podcast about it. We could do 100 podcasts about this subject and not get into everything that God has revealed to us here. But we're living it out. We're living it out that God is doing it. We're not perfect in it. We've got a lot of climbing up the mountain to do yet, a lot of climbing to do. But we're heading in that direction, and we believe God's going to do it. Well, you know, going back to, and this thought actually entered my head as soon as we started the podcast, why bad things happen to good people. If you're going to blame your circumstances, this is the way that I see it from a spiritual perspective. I could sugarcoat it. I could go on and on about it to make it sound a little bit less harsh, but I don't want to do that because we're supposed to be talking about some difficult things on this podcast because we believe that it's going to change lives. If you're going to blame your circumstances on the will of God, you know, I see that as a spiritual cop-out. I see that as a way of avoiding responsibility. We've talked about responsibility. Yes. We've talked about things that God requires. I mean, you need to ask yourself, do you want to be healthy? Do you want to have prosperity that God's promised us? Or you just not want to have responsibilities? Do you want to be spiritually lazy? Well, that's, that's true. Uh, it is a cop-out, and they spiritualize it. That's what they do. What I was saying a few moments ago, they spiritualize it by saying, well, I'm just going to float out into God's will and let God's will be done. And it sounds so... so I mean, what, what can you say about to people like that? You, you can't say much. You just... Uh, 
you know, Jesus talked about people that were so blind. He said, they're, they're just blind. He said, they're, they're, and they're just taking, he said, you get two blind people, they're both going to fall into the ditch. I've even heard them, I've even heard people refer to um, an affliction, a physical infirmity affliction. Um, Christian people call it a blessing from the Lord. Uh, and... Nowhere in the word of God can that be backed Nowhere. up. Nowhere. Nowhere. Uh, there is nothing unhealthy that is, that is in God's perfect will. No, nowhere. Maybe, maybe where there is these things, maybe you might see God able to turn it around and use it, you know, for a purpose, for his purpose. But nowhere right. does the word of God ever, ever teach that an affliction is is a is is meant to be sent from God instead of some other better blessing. That that's just not that's just not scriptural. You know, when you're when you're uh, talking so much about God, whether you're doing it in the right way or you're doing it in the wrong way, like we said, uh, blaming your uh, circumstances on the will of God, you're neglecting one very important thing that I hope we get we take some time to talk about here, and that is the works of the devil, the works of darkness. I did a Remnant 101 video talking about that that came out just a couple of days ago. Uh, please feel free to go check that out if you haven't already. But the works of darkness, the devil is out to discourage people, out to distract them, and he will affect them mentally. He will affect them physically. He has many different ways that he operates. And he loves it when people completely disregard him. He's not looking for recognition. He loves when people disregard him and say, oh, this must that's, just be God's will in my life. That's, 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 that's exactly right. Well, that kind of brings up another thing we need to talk about is the place of the devil in all this. People so don't want to realize that there's a devil out there. He, the devil has so been taken out of the church world, uh, out of the, the, the ministering, that, that he's out there, that people would rather, I don't know exactly the right way to say it, that they'd rather blame God for their sickness than realize that there's a devil. He wants to harm people in any way that he can, in every way that he can. The thief has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Uh, and uh, the enemy, exactly what you said, he doesn't want to be noticed. He wants to be disregarded so that he can work. And that's exactly what he's done. He has so, so gotten God's people to the place of, of, of not even thinking that he's, that he's involved. The devil wants to kill things. He wants to destroy things, right. and he will when you're not under God's protection. When you're not under the same protection, <clears throat> the way Abraham was. You know, we use we use Abraham because he we're Abraham's seed. We're his heirs according to the promise. We are his heirs, and when Abraham was in such a bubble, we like to use the word bubble around here. We are. He was in such a bubble of protection that. Uh, when Abimelech took his wife, God came to Abimelech in a dream and said, you better not touch this man or this woman. You better not touch them. He said, these are, these are mine. 
He said, and in fact, God came to Abimelech and said this. He said, you're a dead man. You're a dead man. God hasn't changed. The same God that did that wants to do that for the seed of Abraham today. But as Jesus said, he said, if you were Abraham's seed, he said, you would do what Abraham did. Mm. And that's still true today. If we are going to be blessed like Abraham, we have to do what Abraham did. We have to walk in that in that law of God, the covenant. People don't like that word law, and that's okay. They don't like it. We'll use the word covenant. God, people don't people don't like to walk in the covenants of God. They don't like it. They think they it's much easier just to blame God, like you said, and to say, well. You know, this is just what God wants for me. That brings com- that doesn't bring comfort to me. What brings comfort to me is saying, God, I am following your covenant plan, which obligates you to do certain things in my life, not because I'm demanding them of you, but because you've promised them to me, God. You've promised them. A promise, we go around, well, God promised this, and God promised this, and God promised this, and we sing songs and all these things. But did you know that that word promise is actually a law word? It is a legal term of saying, I said it, so I have to do it. It's a legal term. Uh, you know, I, I kind of had this picture. We're talking about what God's will is for people. You know, Jesus, which everyone rightfully holds up as our example, he is our example. And Jesus, when he came to this earth, he didn't go around Think about this for a minute. I almost want to get out of my chair for this and preach. (laughs) But I want you to think about this for a minute. He didn't go walking down the streets of Jerusalem or walking down the streets of Bethany or walking down the streets of Nazareth. He didn't go walking down the streets saying, I'm going to bless you today. I bless you with blindness. Oh, I'm blessing you with taking your child from you. I'm blessing you with bringing sickness into your home. I'm blessing you with bringing poverty because it's such a blessing from the Lord. He didn't do that. He, he said, I'm going to heal the blinded he eyes. Them all. I'm going to raise your son back to life. I'm going to bring deliverance to you. Hey, Peter, we need money. There's a gold coin over there in that fish's mouth. That's what our Jesus did. He's our example. And he is the most perfect example of a true, lawful, covenant relationship with his father. And because God trusted his son, and again, that's actually a legal term. When you go into a courtroom, if you don't trust a witness, you're not going to believe him. You're going to believe the witness that is trustworthy. It's a... It, it, it is a term that, that means that you have, that you, 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 you believe what they're saying. And because God believed, but trusted, I should say, his son, that he, Jesus was able to do everything. He said all things are possible. But he also said this. He said, what I do, you're going to do in greater things. That means God wants that for us too. I believe God's people need to realize that if they in any way believe that their afflictions, their sicknesses, whatever they're dealing with is the will of God, then they have been lied to. And that brings me to my next point concerning the works of the devil. 
everything that is the word of God, everything that God tells us is truth. And what's the opposite of truth? Lies. Yes. And what does yes. the Bible say that the devil is? The, the father, father of, of lies. lies. Yeah. The devil uses lies to work every single area of his operation. He's going to try to knock you down, but it's not like going up against like a boxing match or something like that. If somebody knocks you down, you know exactly what happened. You know who hits you, and whether you get up or not, the person who knocked you down is standing there right in front of you, and you knew, know exactly how it happened. The way the devil works is he will do what he can to knock you down and make you believe that it was the will of God or things of that nature. Well, <laughs> it is not disingenuous, well, you say it like that, to be able to say, you know what, right now I might have a pain. I might have an illness. I might have a weakness. I might have a struggle. I might have a circumstance, but that's not what God wants for me. Amen. That's not what God, and we, again, I know if you don't watch this regularly, then, then you might not understand what I mean by this, but for the last year or so, we've been talking about climbing the mountain, mm. climbing the mountain, and eventually you get to the top where you encounter God. And you're only able to climb the mountain if you're a Christian. You're not climbing the mountain to become a Christian. You're climbing the mountain because you're a Christian. And while you're on the mountain, there are things. There are things. There are things that happen. That's not because it's God's will that happens. It's because God, God is calling us up the mountain to get past those things. Go ahead. Um, I think it's a really important. <clears throat> good time to say right now that um, we should be changing the narrative in our own hearts and minds and the way we approach life every day. Uh, yes, bad things do happen. Yes, negative circumstances crop up in every area of our lives. But what we should be doing instead of uh, dropping our head and or saying, "Oh no, the uh, you know the other shoe has dropped." What we need to be doing is we need to be focusing on this, uh, the scriptures that promise us victory. And Psalm 34 says, "Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but don't stop there." Yes. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. all. Mm. That's the crux all. of the matter right there, is if we can change our focus from many are the afflictions to the promise that accompanies it, but the Lord delivers him out of them all, and keep that at the forefront, then those difficulties that arise, that we, we attack them instead of allowing them to yes. bowl us over. Well, you, that's, that's right. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Do, just one question. Do you actually believe what you read in Psalm 103 about those benefits? Redeeming your life from destruction, healing your diseases, forgiving you of iniquities, satisfying your mouth with good things. Do you actually believe that that is meant for you? Well, a Wednesday night, I think it was, I kind of talked about this very thing uh, a little bit. And I, I think I said it like this, that... Uh, people that are going to be a part of the remnant, and that's what we're here for is to, is to talk about the remnant, that they have to take responsibility. And that Christians, by and large today, do not take responsibility. They have a lazy, uh, res lazy cr way of serving, of serving the Lord. And I said, that's just not of God. I said, Jesus said this. He said, he said the kingdom of God suffers violence, 
and the violent take it by force. There is a a taking a a a, a responsibility that we have to. And again, people don't like that word violence, uh, but it is a. It, there's a kind of like in giving birth. There's a violence in giving birth. There's a violence in bringing these things to pass in our lives. There's a violence that has to happen. And God is saying, who's going to be the ones to stand up and say, these are the promises. I'm taking it into my life. Yes. No matter what I have to do. And I will not be denied. Uh, absolutely. I will not be denied absolutely. attitude I'm not about gonna, approaching the things of the Lord. I'm not going to have this idea in my mind that, well, this is just what God. No, it's not what God wants for you. Go read the word of God. Go read the word of God. Don't pick out two or three words here and there. Go read the word of God from cover to cover, and you show me be anything different other than God wants his people to be blessed. That's just the way it is. He paved the way for us to, d- to do so. When he sent Jesus down here, he gave us an open door for us to go through, and once we go through that open door, it's in our hands whether or not we go after those blessings. And I know we're getting short on time, so just let me just add this. Being blessed does not mean wealthy. Being blessed does not mean having a penthouse. That's not what being (laughs) blessed means. Now, we believe that God wants his people to have, to be taken care of, and to my people that we came from, our heritage, the Armenian people came here, and God made them prosperous because they honored his ways. We believe God wants that for his people. He wants God's people to, to I, I believe they should have the most. That's the, I believe God's people should have the most. Be the happiest people but, on earth. But exactly. Uh, he's referencing our book about our heritage. Uh, but someone being wealthy doesn't mean that they're, they're blessed. Right. Being blessed in the word of God technically means that you have God's ear and that God is obligated to take care of you. That's what it means. When, when, you, when you lower it to the level of wealth or not wealth, then, then you're, you're opening yourself up to allowing the devil to bring deception. Right. God wants to bless his people. I tell our people all the time, God wants you to be prosperous and blessed. I believe that with all my... I believe it. God wants his people blessed. You know, the same God that spoke Deuteronomy 28 is the same God living today. God wants that for us today. But you can't just lower it to the say, well, this person's wealthy is not serving God. Wealth is not blessing. Blessing is blessing. Having the the obligation of God where God says, I have to take care of that person because they're walking in my covenant lawful ways. Well, praise the Lord. Is there anybody, anything else you want to add before we, we close this out today? I just really hope that if you listened, you took what we said to heart and let it be either a conviction or a call to action of some sort, that God wants his people healthy, but he laid a path, he laid a path for us to see those responsibilities that are put in print for us in the Bible, and there are people who have lived them out there are people who have there are people who have not lived them out, but the call to action, as a little phrase that I like to use, the call to action is right there in front of us. And I, for one, am grateful to God that He gave us a way to take those blessings 
as long as we choose to fulfill those responsibilities. Well, you know, let me just end by saying this. We, we believe because of what God has spoken and done, both historically and the more present, that God's chosen this heritage to do certain things. We, we, we know that. We, we, God has proven himself in doing that. And so I say, if you want to come and be a part of a group of people that is living out what we're talking about, we're living out the supernatural. We're living it out to show God that there is a remnant here in this earth. I invite you to come and see what God is doing here. You know, we had several weeks ago, God spoke to me, stopped me in the middle of a service. He said, I want you to pray over everyone's eyes. I want you to pray over everyone's eyes. And I said, all right, Lord. So I gathered everybody at the service. I said, God wants me to pray over the eyes of the people here at the city on the hill. Uh, and so I did. And you all can bear witness to this. Person after person after person have had supernatural testimonies. And again, I, it, it, I'm not saying this to, bring, to offend anyone, but you know, it's one thing to be a child in your eyes to improve. It's another thing to be an a, a, a adult and, and in many cases a very much older adult and to see your eyes improve. But that's what's been happening here. Mm-hmm. We've been yes. having we've yes. been, we've had people uh, uh, that would be considered seniors here healed of glaucoma. We've had we've had people here say, for, Pastor, for the first time in my life, my eyes are being healed, and it's happening time after time after time because we're going to live out what we're talking here. Yes. That this is yes. we're not perfect in it, but we're heading toward being perfect in it. Because we believe that's what God wants for his people. Benji, tell everyone where they can see us and watch us. All right. For our in-person services here at the City on a Hill Church in Loganville, we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. We meet on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have just about something going on online uh, just about every day of the week. We have our... Uh, we have our Remnant Devotions that come out on 8 o'clock just about every weekday. My Remnant 101 a video comes out every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. We have this podcast that airs at 8 o'clock on Fridays. And our platforms that we have, our podcasts and our other things available are on Facebook, YouTube, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you can get your podcasts. I believe you can talk to either Siri or Alexa and tell them to play the Calling the Remnant podcast. That's where we have all those things available. And if you feel convicted, please do come down here and join us for one of our services. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we hope to see you soon. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed this this edition of our Calling the Remnant podcast. God bless you.